Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work, over 3,800 film reviews to choose from, stemming all the way back to 1996 when I started the site. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at a film that has been one of the most anticipated releases of the year, especially among people who follow a lot of the superhero franchises. It's called Suicide Squad. It's an action, comedy, adventure, thriller. It's a PG-13 rated film because of its sequences of violence and action throughout, disturbing behavior, suggestive content, and language, and it runs two hours and ten minutes. Will Smith and Margot Robbie are among the main stars. I don't know that I would call them stars, per se, although they get more screen time than most. Jay Hernandez, Viola Davis, Cara Delevingne, Joel Kinnaman, Jared Leto, Jay Courtney, Ike Barinholtz, and more are in this film. The director and screenwriter is David Ayer. For those of you who aren't really paying attention, you should know that Suicide Squad is the third official film in the DC Extended Universe after Man of Steel and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. The story here is a bit tangential to what's come before, save for a couple of Superman, Aquaman references, as well as the appearance of Bruce Wayne slash Batman and a cameo by The Flash to remind us that there's more going on in the world than just what's surrounding this new cast of super-powered characters. Warner Brothers, the studio making the film, wants to remind us, the audience, that this offshoot ties in with what they've planned so far in their mad rush to catch up with the Marvel films and their jam-packed universe of already beloved characters. But we've never really seen any of these new Suicide Squad characters on the big screen before, so... So it's a few little cameos of recognizable names and faces. The revamped appearance of Batman's main nemesis, Jared Leto's take on the Joker, and a great deal of concentration on the biggest stars of the film, Will Smith and Margot Robbie as Deadshot and Harley Quinn, respectively. The Dirty Dozen-inspired plotline involves Black Ops ringleader, federal agent Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis, bringing together what's known as Task Force X. They're a group of strangers who are all violently criminal, super-powered sociopaths who are locked away in elaborately imagined high-security prisons. They're forced to do the government's dirty work in order to stave off the threat of other metahumans that... In the wake of the death of the Earth's savior, Superman, they can't be stopped by conventional forces. So, to keep these fiercely independent baddies under control, these criminals are injected with micro-explosives in their neck, a la Escape from New York, through which Amanda Waller can detonate them with the touch of a phone app. But, on the positive side, the carrot, to sweeten the deal, promises of reduced sentences also keep them in check. The first big mission ends up eventually being to take down the evil ancient entity known as the Enchantress, who has usurped, for some short spells, the body of a scientist named Dr. June Moon, played by Cara Delevingne, an entity once controlled by Waller, but the Enchantress managed to finally break free from the curse that bound her, and she becomes one of the most dangerous entities on Earth. One of the weaknesses of Suicide Squad is, as a movie, is the sheer amount of characters that it has to introduce. It relegates the first hour to a collection of brief dossier-style bios and a singular introductory scene to define each one of the characters. And just when you think all of these intros are done, then we get another handful of other characters that get introduced well into the movie. 
Other than our preconceived fondness for a few of the actors and for comic book fans, some of the characters, there's just not enough development given to any of them for us to truly care about what happens to them as they begin to battle for their mission as well as for their own livelihoods. Other than the fact that he's haunted by a love for his daughter who pleads with him to give up the criminal life, we learn that Gun for Hire Deadshot, played by Will Smith, is called this because he never misses a shot. That's somewhat similar to Marvel's daredevil nemesis Bullseye in that fashion, if you've seen the Colin Farrell character. Harley Quinn, she's the most well-known, I suppose, of the principal Suicide Squad members. She's a former psychiatrist who turns sociopath herself, she becomes attached to the Joker while she's trying to treat him while she is diagnosing him in Arkham Asylum. But we get little feel of why she becomes so enamored of him and anything about her other than she wears sexy outfits and she talks like a ditzy New Yorker, sometimes forgetting, you know, Margot Robbie from Australia. She has this accent nailed when she wants to, but she doesn't always want to. Once she doesn't wear glasses any longer, she becomes a completely different person, as evidenced here. The rest of the team, they're barely worth mentioning. They're not dealt with that much in the movie. I suppose a lot of their scenes ended up on the cutting room floor, as they say. Except for, there's some backstory to El Diablo. He's the pyromaniac who turns pyrophobic. He's a Mexican-American, played by Jay Hernandez, whose inability to control his literally fiery outbursts during moments of rage end up causing a family tragedy, and that haunts him. The villains are a liability to Suicide Squad as well, especially the occasional appearance of these tar-bodied, these spore-skinned humanoid forms that are obviously injected so that air can up the violence quotient and still maintain a PG-13 rating because these aren't actual humans that are getting killed. But the big bad bosses of the film are the biggest disappointment too, and that includes the evil but very conflicted black magic witch who is in a good human's body, the Enchantress, or just Enchantress as she's credited. And there's also the superfluous inclusion of her hulking demonic brother at her side, Incubus, whose abilities are thinly defined and whose motivations other than perhaps family loyalty, I guess, are not at all dealt with. You know, one of the curious things I was thinking of as I was watching Suicide Squad is that the ending of this film, without spoiling it, it does strongly echo the climax of the 1984 version of Ghostbusters. We have Enchantress substituting for Gozer the Gozerian amid this very similarly cloudy lightning blaze portal in the sky. She also has a kooky new wave look. And one of the weird things that occurs at this, and it's one of the more snicker-inducing points of the film, is that at this point of the movie, she looks incredibly silly. She And she also, as she's talking, she is doing some sort of jittery, shaky dance style as she speaks. She's so erratic. She looks like one of those inflatable air dancers that you would find somewhere like at your local car dealership. And we get her motivations as a character, but they don't really pass that kind of laugh test. She wants to eradicate humanity because we've supplanted worship of these mystical ancient creatures in favor of our preoccupation with machines. And that includes, ironically, the phone app that might destroy those characters who are out to destroy her. Jared Leto is also here as a villain. He does have a very small, mostly tangential role playing, of course, the iconic Batman villain known as the Joker and also Harley Quinn's boyfriend of a sort. 
he's not in the movie that much, 10 to 15 minutes. He's a push at best. I don't think he's going to make anyone forget Heath Ledger's iconic turn anytime soon or Jack Nicholson's or even Cesar Romero's for that matter. However, those are all of my complaints. And, you know, it is substantial, I will admit. But I do think that there are some strengths, too. Ayer does have a good command of law enforcement and military types, as well as a lot of street cred to understand how these types interact with the criminal elements. And that's featured in pretty much all of Ayer's film. If you followed his career, you know that he does have a penchant for cop films and criminal movies, as well as military and ex-military characters. So he's really in his element here. Will Smith and Margot Robbie acquit themselves well. They share a pretty nice, albeit limited, chemistry together. Perhaps that chemistry was cultivated from their time together working as leads in their recent semi-romantic thriller, Focus. I'd say Ayer also knows how to cut together a pretty good pop-rock-rap soundtrack, along with his well-edited action scenes, and that gives those moments the propulsion necessary to get audiences who are prone to liking music video-style editing a few moments of excitement as these principal characters go into their respective battles throughout the fictitious Midway City. The neon-infused, tattoo-tinged, psychobilly look and vibe of Suicide Squad separate Ayer's film from that of the other superhero properties, even in the DC Extended Universe. It does infuse an appropriately dark and trashy bad boy image to the film that I do think sets the mood well for the kind of crazy amoral types that are in the film and all of the zany, weird antics that ensue. However, what keeps Suicide Squad on the level of being merely passable entertainment at best, I think, is the choppy and stuttering nature of the ill-defined plot. Perhaps it's undone by yet another instance of nervous studio meddling, ostensibly to try to not stall momentum for their very young, burgeoning universe of tentpole films meant to keep this studio in the black for years to come. Ayer said that there are many deleted scenes that we'll come to see on the Blu-ray release. I suspect we're going to get that. He does state that the theatrical release is his final cut, so none of that Batman v Superman Blu-ray release that had Zack Snyder putting back in all of the cutout characters and altered storyline that he had to compromise to squeeze the film down to 2.5 hours from his original three-hour cut. We're not going to get the ultimate director's edition, so says Ayer. We'll see what happens come Blu-ray release time. Nevertheless, one should know, I mean, if you've been reading reading Twitter or the trades lately, you know that Suicide Squad has had a lot of pre-release press coverage because of substantial reshoots that had been done on the film because of the negative reviews received by the critical press for Batman v Superman. And a lot of less than diehard fans didn't like the grimness and the lumbering nature of the first two films in this universe. And given the track record for lesser established superhero characters, in their own movies that have a lot of music and humor, such as Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool, the thought was, hey, this is the way to introduce these new characters to the public. Let's make them funny and irreverent, and let's kind of redo the film away from the grimness and bleakness of Batman v Superman. You know, for the most part, I think it works, although I do think that it ends up probably ruining the entire plot of the film. So it's a trade-off, I guess. Suicide Squad does have its share of enjoyable moments, I will say. And along those lines, how much you ultimately come away liking the film overall is going to be mainly determined by how many of these moments entertain you such that you'll be willing to overlook the underwhelming and underdeveloped moments in its storyline and those very one-dimensional characterizations. 
Suicide Squad does sport a very lengthy runtime for a film that doesn't really wrestle much with important themes at two hours and ten minutes. It probably also introduces about a half dozen too many superpowered characters in its rogues gallery. They end up distracting more than they enhance the film. And yet, if you take Suicide Squad as purely a popcorn piece of entertainment, the humor, the likable actors, and Ayer's ability to draw out some pretty good kinetic energy, I think, keeps the film from sinking from the leaden weight of its ramshackle plotting. Superhero-fatigued film critics and the uninitiated masses who don't tend to like superhero films anyway may scoff at this snark-fueled comic book antics, but I do think that DC Comics devotees, as well as those who are a little less demanding from their superhero films, will likely champion Suicide Squad for the very same reasons. I'm going to give Suicide Squad three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I won't quite say that it's a good film, but I do think that it's worthwhile for those people who like this genre of films. If you like your superhero movies, I mean, certainly if you've liked Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, I do think that this is a better film than those. Marvel films that I rank three stars include such things as both of the Thor films, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, and 3, and Ant-Man. So it is in that ballpark for me. I enjoy the film, flaws and all, and I would recommend it for people who like comic book films, especially who don't have a jaded opinion for the DC Extended Universe coming into already. So I'm going against the grain. Right now, at the time of this recording, it has 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is dismal. That's even worse than Batman v Superman. But I would watch this before I watch Batman v Superman again. Along those lines, I I do have to mention here, I did see Batman v Superman, the extended cut that was the three-hour version that was released just recently. And I have not reviewed it on this show, but I will say that I think that it does improve in a few areas here and there in terms of making some sense to the plot, but the flaws are still there. And it also introduces a few new flaws too to the mix. So it's kind of a wash for me. I would still give that film two stars out of four. One more thing before I go, I do want to mention there's an extra scene midway through the closing credits. So stick around for that. There is not one at the very end, so don't stick around for that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you do end up seeing or have seen Suicide Squad, I would love to hear what your take is. You can find my contact information at my website, as well as links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page, where you can also follow me and send me any comments that you want. All of those means are perfectly acceptable ways to get in touch. Quipster.net is where to go to get that information. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. 